Back on the fan morning show, Sportsnet 590 The Fan, Justin and Ailish on your Tuesday morning. Coming off a long weekend here in Canada, someone that I don't think was celebrating it just like we were, working hard, the grind never stops. For Jackie Redmond, co-host of NHL Now on NHL Network and ringside reporter, NHL TNT, currently in sunny Florida covering Panthers, Hurricanes, which has just become a Panthers dominance. Uh, Jackie, how's it going this morning? It's going awesome. I'm looking out my uh, hotel window at the beach right now, so I can't complain uh, yeah. about the assignment, to say the least. I know. You're living the dream. I just I was looking at your Instagram story. You've got palm trees. It's just it's a, it's a lovely life. I think it is getting nicer up here in Ontario, so when you do visit, it won't be uh, ice cold as it usually is. Um, we got to ask you about the hockey boat. we got to ask you about your buddy, Bruce Boudreaux, ringside last oh. night. Oh, we love him. We come we played the clip, um, the behind the scenes. Of Creating his, content. Yeah, yeah, he's a content guy now. What's going on down there? Listen, his dream is to maybe be a manager one day uh, in WWE. So I, I did, I text with Bruce this morning and last night, but this morning, and he, he just said, time of my life, Jackie. Oh, like, wow. time of my life. He had so much fun. I'm so happy for him because he just, he loves WWE so much. He is a he is a legit fan. It's not about anything else. Uh, it's not about like attention or anything like that. If that makes sense, like he just really, really, truly loves wrestling. And uh, Kevin Owens is his favorite. So uh, obviously, KO uh, treated him to a pretty good time last night. And I just got such a kick out of him being uh, right behind the, behind the commentary table. Like, Bruce Boudreaux was on TV all night last night. Well, most managers are heels, right? Like, can Bruce Boudreaux be a heel? I think he's got it in him, Justin. I'm oh, not going to lie. Okay. I really do. I think he could do it. I think he could. You know, Kevin Owens better be careful. Start spending too much time with Gabby. You never know what could happen. <laughs> Okay, let's uh, let's take this conversation for a bit of a dark turn and touch on the Maple Leafs. Uh, we, you know, we've been Speaking doing a heel it. Turn. Yes. Yeah. Well, there could there could be a Bruce connection there. We could get to that in a sec. Um, but yeah, it's been a difficult couple weeks here for the Toronto Maple Leafs organization as a whole. As you're watching this from sunny Florida and other parts in the United States, that you know, as Ailish mentioned, better weather. Uh, what's your take on everything that unfolded over the last couple weeks here? Oh, gosh, I think my take has changed every single day, mm -hmm. uh, to be honest with you. I'm not sure if that's the case in Toronto, but one day I think I feel one thing, and then the next day I'm like, mm, I'm not sure, and I kind of re-kind re of calibrate over everything that's going on there. I think, for me, I've come to the point where I'm like, i got to see how this thing plays out. I have no idea what to expect. Who's going to be the GM? How are they going to manage everything that they need to manage, not just in the entire offseason, but in the next month alone? It's, it's a fascinating story. It's one that all of the media here, even though we're covering this, this incredible story of the Florida Panthers going on an improbable run and Sergei Bobrovsky playing out of his mind, <laughs> um, we're all talking about the Maple Leafs every day because it feels like every day there is some new angle that someone has thought of that we are kind of just batting around um, at morning skate or at practice just amongst the media. I think my initial reaction was surprise, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I fully thought Kyle Dubas would, ba would be back. And then, you know, obviously, as we learned from Brendan Shanahan, uh, uh, they did too. Uh, so, 
Um, it's it's been a fascinating thing to watch from afar. I can only imagine um, what it is like in that city right now, being at the center of it and and dialed into it. But you know, I do wonder, you know, what the right move is um, for Brendan Shanahan and the staff, who the right person is to come in and start to manage that. Because as I'm sure you guys have talked about ad nauseum on your show, um, there's a lot. And it's a huge, huge decision um, for, for Brendan Shanahan. And then it's, it's a massive undertaking for whoever comes in. So for me, I just think that the general manager has to be someone with experience. And then you got to figure out, who the coach is that can get this team and whatever it looks like next year over this hump because they're too talented for one playoff series win in however many years it's been. So, As a quick aside, and I know, I know they've moved on. They're one win away from the Stanley Cup final, but are the Panthers still like reveling in the conversation around the Leafs? Like They took so much pride, it seemed, and so much pleasure in beating the Maple Leafs. It's, it feels like that wouldn't just dissipate like that. You know what? It's funny. Yesterday um, at the morning skate, someone asked Paul Maurice, like, are you worried that your team is, is getting all this attention now? They've become this big story. The Miami Heat are also on this run. It's becoming bigger by the day, and they're not really an underdog anymore. And he was like, oh, we got way more attention last series. We are not worried <laughs> about the attention. We're working our tails off. He used a different word. Um, so we're not we're not worried about too much positive attention. Uh, we handled a lot of that last round. So um, I do think that they relish in it. I think for Paul Maurice, um, he, he knows the pressure of the Toronto market. He understands it uh, better than anyone, I think, based on his couple of years there as head coach. Um, so I think he relishes in it a little bit. But I also think, like, I think he, he sort of emphasizes with, with fans and people in Toronto for how crazy that market is and the pressure that's on those top players and Sheldon Keefe and, and the entire organization just to kind of, you know, win a Stanley Cup and, and every single little thing is scrutinized. So uh, I'm sure he's watching from afar too, uh, fascinated by the whole thing. <laughs> we certainly love adding to the pressure of the Toronto market and the media cycle because it is, as you said, it's a, almost like a privilege to kind of be in it and enjoy it, um, but you need to deliver results. And, and I guess with the Dubis question still pondering um, an answer, Sheldon Keefe is maybe the next step um, of somebody that might not be leading this team. We don't know for sure. Might be the first step that a G comes in um, but it, if it is like a tandem if we look at coach and GM like what type of person should be taking the the realm here and, and the opportunity to lead this team uh, we brought Bruce Boudreaux up uh, as we mentioned to start the show he, obviously he's a guy that we've talked about uh, many times in terms of relation to the Maple Leafs but maybe not the right voice like if you're looking for a new voice a new regime um, you said experience but are there names that you think uh, could be a, a good fit either on the bench or up in the press box you know it's it's hard to imagine sheldon keith would would be back mm-hmm. um you know and it's that's not a slight to sheldon keith i just think you know you look at the run that this team has been on since austin matthews arrived and it's just it's just not good enough right it's yeah. a winning business and i think at least from my perspective my biggest thing with with the maple leafs and again i thought dubis would be back but i did think that there would be a major shakeup or I felt that it was necessary for there to be some sort of shakeup. What that is, I don't know. I don't get paid enough money to know <laughs> what the right call is. But I just think, you know, Dubis ran it back so many times. 
that eventually you had to look at it and be like, okay, there's been one playoff series win in years of being in the postseason, and we've never done anything. We've never traded or under Sheldon Keith. Let's just go with him, right? Four years, one playoff series win. There's never been a, a major core piece or, or a member of the core four dealt away. The head coach has come back every single year. The general manager has come back every single year. Everyone's gotten their contracts. Like, there's never, ever been a message of some kind that losing is not acceptable. And I think no matter who you are, no matter how badly you want to win, there is an inevitable air of complacency that sets in. I think that's just human nature, right? Like, if Ailish and Justin, like, if you and I knew, like, listen, no matter how bad our shows are, (laughs) we will be back. They will never get rid of us. They'll give us, we'll get new contracts. Like, it'll be great. Like, there would, it's just inevitable. You would find yourself in a very comfortable Mm -hmm. position, right? Um, And so I've always, I felt, you know, coming out of the playoffs that there there needed to be something. Um, In terms of the right voice and the right coach, um, I would imagine it's it's someone with experience. I think somebody that um, can handle big-time superstars and that isn't afraid to, you know, make tough decisions and stand by them, um, regardless of how the players or the fan base feels about something you know I thought a lot about early in the season when Sheldon Keith you know ripped the team I believe it was after the West Coast road trip mm-hmm. you guys can correct, correct me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. yeah that's right um, and I can't I can't remember exactly what he said but he was really hard on on his players in the media and a couple of days later he walked it back and you know to me that's just an indication that you know it seems like maybe the players are running the show a little bit more than the coach might be running the show or someone else behind the scenes, right? I think the coach needs to have control and authority and not at least, and again, this is just based on perspective. I don't know that this is just my opinion. Um, You know, somebody that isn't afraid to hurt anyone's feelings and can find a way to motivate this team and make hard decisions without losing the room. Um, because I, I, I do feel like Sheldon Keith, you know, started to tiptoe around things a little bit with that team. I don't know if you guys agree, but that's kind of the sense that I get. Yeah, I totally like agree. The players but... are running the asylum a bit, maybe. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't, and I, I don't know if it's the players, but I, I feel like there is a bit of an autonomy issue. I don't know, and we've been talking about this for a long time. I'm not sure Sheldon Keith would be the coach that he wanted to be. And, and Kyle Dubas is a really nice guy, right? And everyone loved working for him, and he had a lot of support. But I'm not actually sure that he's the one that wants everyone to play nice either. So I don't know where yeah. that stems from. But I, I guess we'll find out since the only person that's guaranteed to not be here next year is Kyle Dubas, whether or not he had an impact there. But he was a valuable guy, and this organization... I do agree. I do agree with that. You agree that it wasn't him setting that culture? That Dubas was valuable. Like, oh, yeah, I do yeah. think that he did a lot of good things. He was not perfect, obviously, by any stretch. Yeah, that's, and that's... Um, because again, again, you have to win. But I do, like, I do think Kyle Dubas was a good GM. Yeah, that's what I want to ask you about. Like, what do they? They're going to have someone who's going to be talented come in and do their job as well. But what can't they replace with Dubas gone? In your opinion? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I think. <sighs> They can't, they can't replace the relationships that he had with the players. Like, that's something mm-hmm. that they can't immediately yep. replace no matter who they bring in. They could bring in someone with 
a lot of, you know, street cred, a lot of experience, a lot of cachet, but it's not going to probably, most likely, not going to be somebody that has the relationships that Kyle Dubas has built over his tenure uh, in the organization with the likes of Austin Matthews. And I think that's a real concern. You know, Austin Matthews, I believe that he does want to be a Leaf. And I don't think that Kyle Dubas not being there necessarily changes that in an instant. But it was pretty clear in the media availability with the players that a lot of these guys have a solid relationship with Kyle Dubas and a lot of respect for him and had a lot of nice, supportive things, I guess is a better way to say it, things to say about Kyle Dubas when the season came to an end. So, you know, with Austin Matthews' future up in the air and just one deal, one year left on his deal, I do worry about that. Not because I think, you know, Matthews finds this out and goes, oh, well, I'm out. If Kyle Dubas is out, I'm out. I don't think it's that drastic, but I do think that it, it certainly doesn't help the negotiation that, mm-hmm. you know, sitting across the other side from Matthew's agent will be somebody that they haven't been dealing with for the last X amount of years. So I think that's a real concern. Yeah, I mean, say what you want about Kyle Dubas. And again, we, we're going to pros and cons. We've been doing it forever. But I think one of the things that he really cemented or you hope he cemented with the organization, he made it so that you want to be back here, right? Like John Tavares came yeah. and he was the one who brought John Tavares and Spezza and Giordano and Thornton and Simmons. Like the, it was a, an endless conveyor belt of players who maybe previously wouldn't have been here and suddenly f- saw to it that it was okay to be a Toronto Maple Leaf when Kyle Dubas was in charge of things. And I don't know if that will last beyond, uh, you know, into the next regime. I don't know how much Kyle should get credit for that, but it's true that people wanted to be a part of this organization when Kyle was a part of the organization. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and it's like anything, right? Like, I'm not sure if you guys have ever had this unfortunate experience uh, in your careers, but when, when someone gets let go that you are not expecting to get let go, this happened to me early in my career um, at the score, and, and you're, so you're not expecting it. It's somebody that you really respect, that you have a great working relationship, that is a big presence. At, the pl- at your place of employment and that you care about. And when that happens and there's a shock value to it and you don't see it coming, it really does send shockwaves through the workplace. Now, for the Leafs, obviously, it's the offseason. They've all gone home, so it's, it's different. But I do think that that matters and has, has a massive impact on how people feel about what is going on, right? And so I, I just i am so curious what types of conversations right now are happening like, when Austin Matthews talks to Mitch Marner, what do they think about this? Not just emotionally about somebody that they respect and, and had a great relationship with not being there and Kyle Dubas, but what did they think of, of what Brendan Shanahan had to say? What do they think about the idea of a new GM coming in and making a ton of changes? What do they think about a new head coach? What do they hope is going to happen? I'm sure they are on the phone having all of these conversations as well, and, and I'm very curious what they would be saying about what for me anyways appears to be a, a bit of a it's a bit of a soap opera happening mm-hmm. uh in toronto right now but at, at least changes are happening because i do think they're necessary we'll see if they're the right changes but that remains to be seen yeah i think uh the biggest question we had was what were those conversations like in their um exit meetings which we heard got a little tense um what is dubis going to say next because i mean we've heard one side of the story and obviously it was a 
a good expose about how Brandon Shanahan felt about this, but we'll find out how um, Kyle Dubas does on his own time. Um, but I wonder, with everything that you just laid out, um, the way that the organization has kind of taken a little bit of a soap opera spin, uh, how the players are feeling, and the laundry list of things that need to get done before basically July 1st. If you think that this job is maybe a little less attractive now, um, if others around the league are looking at it like, ooh, I don't know if I want to step foot into that, or is it still you know, the crown jewel, getting to be the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs, getting the opportunity to maybe lead this team to success after a kind of tumultuous turn. Where do you lie on how attractive this job might be? You know what, that's a great question because we all obviously heard Elliot Friedman say, you know, people are going to come out of the woodwork for mm-hmm. this job. And I do believe that that's true, but you, you do raise a good point. I, I mean, I think it's Toronto, it's the Maple Leafs, it's a laundry list of things that have to get done. The pressure is immense. But I think in the hockey world, um, and I think this was the case when Babcock signed there and shocked us all that he decided to coach there, it's like everyone thinks that they're the one that can fix it, right? Like when there's like, when you're growing up and, you know, there's like a guy that's attractive and popular but has like a million red flags and all the girls (laughs) know that he has a million red flags, but Mm. they still want to date the bad boy because they think, ah, I'll be the one to fix him. Like, it will be fine. Um, You know, I feel like it's that type of job, right? Like, yes, the pressure is immense. There's a lot to be done. The pressure's maybe never been higher on this team, you know, in the Austin Matthews era and the fact that he only has one year left. So I think it's it's a daunting task, but I think there's a lot of experienced people in hockey that probably feel like I could I could go in there and figure this thing out. And if I do, oh boy. Like if you can be the guy to make the right changes and, and get this team over the hump and lead them to a Stanley Cup, I mean, you're etched in history forever. You're getting a statue. It's you are like a king. <laughs> so <laughs> I still think people will want the job because I think and we're talking about we're talking about professional sport, right? I think these these guys are competitive. So they want it like the challenges are probably even more enticing, right? They get to come in and they'll be able to take a lot of credit for what they accomplish if they come in and they're able to make the right moves and make it happen. It won't be, you know, oh, I was handed a great roster and they were already, you know, I mean, the Leafs have accomplished a lot. It's not fair to say that they haven't. But if they come in and make the right changes as a general manager, they'll get a lot of credit for it. You know, they're not just inheriting a team that's, going to stay the same and and uh they're not inheriting an easy job i guess is what i'm trying to say it's early sorry guys <laughs> oh yeah the leafs are the they have all the red flags but they're wearing the uh the leather jacket and they're riding the motorcycle <laughs> that's it they're uh, they're sleeves. looking pretty attractive right now <laughs> uh let's go to the two series that are still ongoing it threatens to be very very quick this conference final uh with florida up three nothing and dallas trailing 0-2 to vegas uh, let's start with Florida. Is the is the the story Bob is writing right now like an all timer? And is are there actually people thinking that Matthew Kachuk deserves the Smythe Trophy over Sergei Bobrovsky right now? Uh, after uh, last night for him putting another amazing performance on his list, Sergei Bobrovsky. I mean, I would be hard pressed to believe that. Like, listen, I love Matthew Kachuk. He's got swagger through the roof. He's scored some huge goals, and he is absolutely the identity of the Florida Panthers. But it is Sergei Bobrovsky, and there can be no other choice. Like, I don't know how you would select anyone else. I mean, 
eight straight games with two or fewer goals. The man has stopped pretty much everything in this series. I think his save percentage after last night is 976 or something asinine uh, like that. He is on an all-time run. I think that's become obvious. Um, and, and it's been incredible to watch. I don't think anyone expected it. Uh, I think a lot of people within the Florida Panthers room are very happy for Sergei Bobrovsky. I've heard some great stories about how hard he works. Um, Aaron Ekblad compared him to, to Yager the other day and said he might actually have a more insane work ethic than Yager. And I was like, that's crazy. And wow. he's like, well, he goes, well, he's not showing up to the arena at 3 a.m. with his own key, <laughs> but he is very intense and detailed, and it is very Yager-esque. Mm. And, you know, Ekblad has seen Yager up close. So um, I think they're happy for him that all that work is paying off. Obviously, there's been some struggles for Bobrovsky in the last handful of years with the weight of the contract and not living up to it and being replaced by numerous different goaltenders um, over the last couple of years. So I think the team is really happy for him I think that that's also been something that has had that the team has has fed off of not just because he's you know saving their butts on a nightly basis sometimes but because I think they genuinely have a bond and are really happy for him and I think that they're playing even better in front of him because they want it for him um so badly so it's been it's been awesome to watch but yeah anyone anyone making the case that Matthew Kachuk should win the Smythe over Bobrovsky should it come down to that um is just trying to be a hot take artist. Like you can't actually believe that. Like there's no way. No, there there certainly is not. Um, let let's shift to the Western Conference Finals. Um, Dallas Stars also looking to kind of find something to rally around. They're down uh, 0-2 here to the Vegas Golden Knights going into Game Three. Uh, what does Dallas need to do if they need to find a, a chance to get back into this? Is there something they can rally around to get an opportunity to make this a two-one series? Because we got one three-nothing series. We're gonna have another. 3 nothing series will be a really quick uh, conference finals here. Could you imagine if we just had sweeps across the board in the conference finals and then over in the NBA, like a similar thing is happening? It's just like Everybody wants to get to summer. Insane. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wild. Um, you know, I think, you know, in, a, in the series that I'm covering, which obviously I'm a bit more dialed mm-hmm. into than over in the West, you know, I think with the Carolina Hurricanes, like, the, what's what's um, frustrating, I think, for Rod Brindamore and for their fans is like they're playing pretty well, and they just can't score. They they can't beat a very I mean the hottest goalie we've seen in a long time uh, in the playoffs. So um, for them, it, it's it's I don't know what they can change, right? That's what Rod, Roddy B keeps saying. It, he seems almost like dumbfounded. Like, I don't know what we can do better. I don't know mm-hmm. how I can ask more of my team. Like, they are playing well. They've had stretches of the series where they've dominated play and they just haven't been able to cash. Um, over in the West, you know, I, I really like the Dallas Stars. I, I kind of have all year. I think they're a deep team. I think they have a lot of different game breakers in their lineup that are capable of, of uh, breaking through. I, I mean, game two was devastating for them to, to allow the Golden Knights to tie the game with two and a half minutes left. But I do think in looking at the two series before last night, I said this to someone yesterday, I, go, I think Dallas has a, has a better chance of getting back in their series um, than Carolina does. Because they, have, they do have Jake Ottinger, mm-hmm. who is capable, as we have seen, of stealing a game, of, of having a lights-out performance. They're going to need one from him in Game 3. They're going home. They have players on their roster that have, 
have been through um, deep runs before and know that coming back from 0-2 is not impossible. We've seen it many a time. Um, so I think they can do it, um, but I think they're going to have to they're going to have to get Vegas out of that um, incredible structure within which they play. You know, Bruce Cassidy coaches a very um, disciplined team within the way that they play. I don't mean, you know, discipline like penalties. I just mean discipline within, you know, what they, how they believe they should play. So we'll see. But Otter, I think Otter's the key in game three. They, they need a big game from him. And he's, he's been good. So it's not obviously to take anything away from the way he's played. I mean, they've gone to overtime in both their games. So uh, we'll see. Well, you might get a Florida-Vegas Stanley Cup final, which would be a fun uh, trip for you as well because you get to be in uh, both sides of the coast in some some nice weather. And by the way, I will say, I will say, Bruce Boudreau, you know, as head coach of the Maple Leafs, that would be uh, a dream come true for him too because he is a a big Leafs fan. Mm -hmm. Like when he obviously, when he's in the league, that's not the case. But when he is... Just watching from afar as a hockey fan and an analyst, like that's the team he grew up rooting for. It would be very John Tavares esque <laughs> if Bruce Boudreau were to go coach there. So the passion, I mean, he would bleed He's blue, and uh, that would I think that would be a bonus. But I think there's a lot of people. I think there's a lot of people in hockey that bleed blue that just don't admit it. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I think you're so, right, Jackie. We'll, we'll uncover them. Happens. Part of our job is to uncover the passion, and uh, we definitely saw that with Bruce. Uh, maybe it'll be a heel WWE. We'll see. He's got a lot of career path ahead of him. Uh, We'll enjoy the rest of the trip down in Florida. Um, Hopefully we get a chance to chat with you after these series have both completed and before the Stanley Cup final. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. I haven't been on in a while, so I'm glad I was able to uh, to make it happen this time. Of course. Well, now uh, hopefully we get one more chance before the playoffs or playoffs end and then maybe during the draft. Yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, perfect, Jackie. We'll enjoy the trip. Chat soon. That's uh, Jackie Redman, co-host of NHL Now on NHL Network and ringside reporter NHL on TNT. And we mentioned Stars looking to rally tonight, uh, hosting the Vegas Golden Knights game three of the Western Conference Finals at 8 p.m. That's on Sportsnet CBC and Sportsnet Now. We need one of these conference finals to be competitive. So tell me what Dallas, you're saying about the Dallas scheduling, though. To. If well, they end, well, I, I guess contractually with TV. I mean, TV was another thing when you were when you were gone. It was like, when are these games starting? Why are Struggle. we waiting multiple days? Yeah. But with the conference finals, everything was perfect. Every other day, everything's all it is great. Nice. But when it's every other day, it leads us to a pretty specific date for the Stanley Cup final and the NBA finals, which are already set in stone. And if these conference finals all wrap up quickly, we might be waiting like a full week before we actually see a competitive game well, in the NBA the or Heat NHL. Could sweep tonight. Yeah. Last night, the Nuggets swept. You could have the Panthers sweep. And, I mean, we're still two games away, at least, from the, the conclusion of Vegas and Stars. Conference finals but, could be up before the weekend. Okay. What do you think it's ever happened in the history of sport where – NBA and NHL all sweep in the same conference finals. I don't know. We're going to have to check that. Well, where's Sportsnet Stats Twitter page? We have to send an email here. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're listening and we'll have a tweet in the next 45 minutes. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Never in the history of professional sports has this happened. Why do Sportsnet Stats have that voice? I feel like they're very professional. Okay. You know? That's fair. They They are professional. They are very professional. They do their job. Um, Someone that will bring a little... Fun and vibes is Colby Armstrong as well, former NHL forward, current Sportsnet Penguins analyst and host of the Chicklets Game Notes. Uh, he's going to give us a little bit of a Pittsburgh take on Dubis and the Penguins and all the hoopla that's circling around over there. And if, you know, if that 
I guess, network or that franchise, that market is as exciting as we think maybe for for Dubis, as Kipper brought up, like it's not going to be easier. It's not going to be much different. Fenway Sports Group might be worse. <laughs> Last couple final years of Sidney Crosby's career, they're going to be they're, they're pressure packed, high stakes with those uh, with those final seasons. All right, we'll have Colby on the other side of the break. We'll do a baby wake and rake. So send those picks in at five ninety five ninety. We'll chat about the Fanex Cup standings as well. Take a look uh, ahead at what is it? The block party that I might be joining. You're a blockhead. I might be a blockhead. Um, All right, a final block on the Fan Morning Show. Big opinions and in-depth conversations covering the Leafs, Jays, Raptors, and the NFL. The J.D. Bunkins Podcast. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back on the Fan Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Justin, and Ailish. Let's bring in our next guest, Colby Armstrong, former NHL forward, current Sportsnet, and a Penguins analyst, also host of Chicklets Game Notes. Good morning, Colby. Good morning, Justin. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, no, nope. just like in the, I'm in. Uh, you, you forgot to say, um, you, you forgot to say, father of four, just <laughs> trying to ram kids out the door for school every yeah. morning. Uh, a savior for Earth and humanity, and all of a sudden, we, we love getting the three lines in the in the thing that we're the script we're reading off. Of, so we have to cut some out. We'll get you to three lines you know? for next time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Let, let, let's That's start funny. with let's start with Dubis. Uh, the thirst level in Pittsburgh for Dubis is at what? Oh, jeez, I would say I would say it's pretty up there. I mean, I think I think that you know any GM search that has been going on, well, Pittsburgh here especially, right? And uh, I think you know up until Calgary named their guy, pretty much what it sounds like Conroy and and. I think that kind of changed everything from like regular interviews to like, whoa, okay, now we got this guy. So um, I think I think it's it was a rather big deal. I thought that press conference was crazy Spicy, too, Shani. Eh? Like you don't see that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was loving it. I was like, what is going on here? This is an amazing story. So um, yeah, it's been quite quite the uh, last week or so, I guess, in Leafland beyond whatever. <laughs> Whatever else has been happening. Honestly, I know. Like the the fact that they lost uh, round two feels like years ago because of all the stuff that's happened ever yeah. since. Um, so the Penguins and GM um, Kyle Dubas could be a fit, but I wonder what what attracts him to this. We've been talking about this all morning. It's like he's got some some players in his hands, like Crosby, Malkin, Latang. If he were to move there, that I don't know. What does the market want right now? Do they want a GM that's going to come in there and, and trade some of these massive, massive names, or is he going to have the the leeway to make those difficult decisions? And what the Fenway Group kind of wants in someone that's going to come into that role? Like it just seems like. The Maple Leafs were a really tough place to be a GM, but wouldn't Pittsburgh be similar? Yeah, I think so. I think obviously it's like the, the good thing about here that I like even playing here comparatively to Toronto was that it's they love sports, so it's like a really good sports town. But it's just it's just not as like you know cutthroat, uh, <laughs> ster, ster, steroid fueled yeah. media attention. You know, <laughs> I just came up with that. I like but it. I, I, it just it's just a little bit like less in that regard, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you can still kind of do your thing and you'll get some criticism, but it's like, 
it's it's kind of like small town criticism a little bit almost. So it's just a little bit less, but still like you, you still have the heat. But um, I think, you know, in, in, in talking, I don't know, and that came up pretty quick unless they're ready to, to come in and talk to Kyle is, is what's your plan? Like looking mm-hmm. like, you know, moving forward, we sign you to, let's just say, you know, a three to five year contract. You have Crosby, Malkin, Latang for this many years. What are we looking to do? What's your thoughts? And, um, you know, I'm sure he tried to gather them and say, hey, listen, we got to go for it. This is what I would do in his presentation or just in conversations. And if he had enough time to even come up with that, well, he's going through like clean out of like <laughs> Toronto Maple Leafs land. So it is, it is, it is pretty wild. Um, but I think, you know, when he, when he pops up on the thing and he's been linked to Fenway Sports Group for, for, for months now, right, of, as, as kind of a relationship that they know each other or friends uh, in one way or another, um, and I think that, you know, it's smart for Pittsburgh, at least anyways, for Fenway to, when his name came up, to at least talk to him. What are the priorities for Fenway Sports Group? It seems like, okay, yeah, they definitely want the interest in Dubas. We've heard for a while now, and it makes sense to have him running the hockey team. But it also feels like this is a group that just wants to attract uh, intellectuals in sports who could help, you know, yeah. an entire collection of teams as they have a collection of teams under their banner. Would it be like okay, just come run the hockey team? Or is there a possibility that Dubas goes there and just is someone that works for Fenway Sports in a general manner? Yeah, yeah. I was listening to 32 Thoughts the other day, and Jeff Merrick said that, like, everyone thinks they're talking to him also for, like, the hockey team. Yeah. With the, they might be talking to him for the baseball team. Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is where it's at. So um, I think that's a great point. I think it's a great point in, in, in what they, they look for. I think they're very... Um, I think they're very detailed in what they like, and that's that's a, that's guy are people that are analytic based, um, and I think that helps in maybe every realm that they that they that they kind of touch with regards to sports. So, yeah, I think I think that's I think on their list of people because you know when they first bought the team, uh, when is it now? Like almost two years ago, it was like. Uh, it was like, oh, this guy, these guys like, these guys find their guy, you know, these guys will find their guy. Um, and obviously Hextall's gone and then uh, all this stuff happens and now they're on the hunt and on the search and Dubas's name is linked and they, they do their due diligence and, and are, are very thorough in the people that they're looking for and the type of brains that they're looking for. <laughs> I guess I could say that, <laughs> but it's, uh, it's it's I, I you know from what I've heard and what I've been told like they they know what they like and they and they go and get it so um, uh, I, I don't know what the priorities are for them I think the priority also is to like win right when you sign you know Malkin and Latang uh, to extensions I think that kind of changed trajectory of what they were looking to do possibly quickly and I think Fenway wanted to get them done and get them signed and. You know, all of a sudden that kind of flipped the whole plan on its head. And so you're going to have to come in and try to put a team together here in Pittsburgh to win and, and, and win for the next few years until it's time to get really ugly and get really bad and get in that lottery. So a lot of changes probably to happen. Um, obviously, we know with Kyle Dubas, but maybe with the head coach. And I was, I was you know, scouring the Internet and the betting markets. And I saw Ooh. that your buddy Biz is even listed in uh, betting odds for Leafs head coach. <laughs> Should we be sprinkling five bucks on that? Like you got an inside scoop for us? Yeah, like Biz is busy, like <laughs> drawing up drying up breakouts and yeah, stuff. I can good. barely talk to him these days. Yeah, he's very, very on top of it. 
But uh, I uh, we saw that the other day too, and we were dying. What what are the odds for that? I think it's like 151 to one or whatever. (laughs) It's insane. So you're telling me there's a? I mean, it's not zero percent. There is a number there, so you never know, man. Like stranger things have happened. Well, I gotta say. Are you guys like I'm like blown away at like business fandom for the Toronto Maple Leafs? It's Leaf. crazy. Like, loves, eh? like his, well, yeah, it's like a little kid just came out and him uh, and he's pulling for these guys. He's pulling for the fans. He's pulling for the city. He's got he's a he's a doobie guy. Yeah. He's a Keith guy, and he's oh, he's yeah, got Gretzky he's taking all, shots was, oh, yeah, at the Leafs. Gretzky. Like he, he's he's pulled <laughs> yeah. something. Yeah, that, I mean, yeah, business fandom is a powerful thing. It could is. make him the new coach. He could be. God. Oh yeah, like I mean, you just need passion like that, right? I think that's <laughs> that's huge. So uh, it's been quite the quite the scene here, especially through this playoff run and getting by the first round, and seeing his reaction, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I imagine with the new GM comes a new coach, right? It all almost seems that kind of is usually what follows, possibly. So I don't know, it'll be crazy to see what how that settles in Toronto as well. What what a crazy few weeks now. I know. What a cra- and, and there's more to come. Ends. What does Biz calls them? Biz calls them the headline hogs. Oh yeah. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. I mean, it's just gonna keep writing itself. Um I wanted to ask you yeah. about uh, player interviews, like um, when you're on your way out at the end of the season, because we did hear some stuff that maybe it was, you know, a bit spicy with the players. And yeah. what, what are like, what's the point of those? And, and have you been in them where they have been a bit full of tension um, or or had some some pushback? Or do you think that that might be just exaggerated a bit because we're the headline hogs? <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like the, there's way more information coming out, I guess. Gossip, kind eh? Of, yeah, like gossipy stuff coming out. Like, and I maybe I'm I've been used to hearing. I don't know. Does that feel like that for you guys too? Like, you guys been around this and locker room cleanouts and you know end of season. I don't know. I just like I talked to a couple of players. Like, like the insiders are very busy on 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 players talking to them on, on the side. So it's I don't know. It's been interesting to see and hear kind of the. I guess the feelings coming out of Toronto and coming out of other teams as well, right? Like the Calgary thing was pretty mm-hmm. crazy too with, you know, what the players and, and, and Sutter and, and what they were looking for in a change. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I guess it works too <laughs> in a way, mm. but, um, also I, I am, I am a little bit surprised. And, and in, in those meetings, I would say, you know, it's just a wrap up of how your year went in general, almost, and a, in a you know a checklist of of you know things that you might need to do better in the off season to come back and and improve your game on different things next year. It, it wasn't, it never really was, and and then sometimes it was hard. Yeah, sometimes it was like, and you need to be way better next year. And usually the guys know this, or you know, I just I feel like this this year was a lot of emotion for those for the Leaf players and staff. You know, getting the playoffs, a lot of pressure. Um, winning around what that was like and then and then just bowing out so quickly against Florida like everyone seems to be doing so no big deal but mm-hmm. um, yeah at the same time it's like um, I think there's just a lot of motion around you know this group and what they've been through also because it, it, is, it is fairly tough and pressure packed yeah I think a fair question though is like what could they possibly be complaining about like the only thing that makes sense to me is okay they're very vocal about they don't like the head coach because if they're turning on each other, yeah. maybe that's one thing. But at this point, and just like all these playoff failures, all these opportunities in front of the media to be honest and to say something real, they all turn it down. 
if it's behind closed doors, and I get it, there's a bit of a power struggle. People are clinging on to those who still have yeah. power and may have, may have influence. Like the only thing that I could really that I could that makes sense that the players would be complaining about would be the performance of their head coach. Yeah, and like the standard set, right? Probably. I, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I, I think. I think that I, I'd have to agree. I would think it would have to be somewhere along the lines of day-to-day dealings, right? And that, you know, they're not going to come in here and go, oh, man, Kyle Dubas, you know, oh, like you barely, you, you see him here and there, but, you know, the relationship there is 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 different. Mm-hmm. When, when you're dealing with the coach every day and the expectation of, you know, the game plan and, you know, where the standard is and what the expectation is and where the level of, you know, push is and, and what could be better in regards to that, I think that's, that's where most of your grievances come from is the people you're in the room with day to day. And those are the people. So if, if they were unhappy or they think there needs to be more of this, I would imagine if, if I was a player doing that, it would be about, you know, the staff or the coaches. So Bob's now doing it to the Carolina hurricanes. He's been absolutely brilliant. I think 200 minutes of shutout hockey or something along those lines. Like he's been absolutely unbelievable. (laughs) Does that help the optics at all for the Maple Leafs? I mean, optics may be already shot through what we've seen through these press conferences here, but at least maybe a little bit more reason behind why the Leafs failed in the second round this time. Yeah, I think, I, I, I don't know. It's just crazy with the goaltending situation. And I've been saying this with the Leafs, you know, it's like, it's kind of like the forgotten thing that they've always just not went and really solidified. And if they did, it was, it was, it was like, hopefully these guys can find their game type of type of players, you know? So you can see what it does in the playoffs. So like Bob is insane right now. And, you know, Bob's had hard times too. Like Bob, Bob and, you know, had knocked off Tampa Bay. Yeah, sure. But it's like Bob for forever was, I don't know. He's like just the guy that couldn't get it done also uh, in certain situations, even with, you know, kind of feisty Columbus teams or couldn't really string it together. But would you say he's earned his like entire contract on this like run since coming into this, <laughs> these playoffs? hundred percent. For sure. Win a Stanley Cup, oh, you justify 10 and a half for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. His numbers are ridiculous. I saw something. I'm not like a huge analytical guy, but like these are pretty good. It's like during a certain amount of games leading up to the playoffs when he was in, his like expected goals was like like crazy. Like he was like minus six. Mm. He's plus 18 now. So he's just like nothing's going in. Like he just doesn't care. He's in another dimension. He's stopping everything. Like the post-to-post saves – uh, his ability to deflect pucks around the, with a stick around the net, like those little poke checks and stuff. Um, he's just on another level of confidence right now. And then you can see like his interviews now. He's just, he's crazy. Like he's so calm. He's just, like the calmest, nicest man. <laughs> Colby, careful. Uh, careful. Losing my mind. Okay, careful with that sort of data. Uh, Fenway Sports Group might yeah. hire you. Oh, yeah. Am I on a list yeah, anywhere? Yeah, I just looked at <laughs> Colby Armstrong, Penguins GM, parlay that with Biz, <laughs> Leafs head coach, and you could yeah. be a, a winning parlay right there. You guys taking over yeah. the NHL world. <laughs> I'm a huge parlay guy, yeah, so that makes There you go. You yes. can put the, the free bet for you today, all right? You go lock that in on yeah. your account, okay? Uh, great. And then just add Bob Rofsky, Con Smythe, oh, that's and a lock. boom, that's done. That does nothing for the odds, but yeah. it's a lock. Uh, all right, Colby, great to chat with you. Good to catch up. Um, thanks for joining us this morning. Enjoy the rest of the playoffs. 
All right. Thanks, you guys, too. Yeah, good talking to you guys. We'll, we'll talk to you again. All right. That's Colby Armstrong, former NHL forward, current Sportsnet and Penguins analyst and host of the Chicklets Game Notes and f- maybe future Penguins GM. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> that would be quite the brain trust. Let's hit a quick wake and rake. Let's do it. Wake up! Now it's time for wake and rake. You could be raking in the dough with your kind of accuracy. Show me the money! With Ailish and Justin. I'm going to be quick here. I'm going to refuse to believe that every conference final will be a complete nice. read-through. I'm taking the Dallas Stars on the money line, minus 145. Okay, let's extend the playoffs. I like that idea a lot. I'm taking the Mariners on the run line over the Oakland Athletics. They beat them 11-2. Picking up right where you left off, And eh? boom, smash. Fade the A's. <laughs> Those guys <laughs> are brutal. Uh, Mariners on the run line. We got two wake and rake submissions. Corey from Port Hope says, uh, good morning. Welcome back, Ail. If we missed you for my wake and rake, I'll go with the under four and a half runs in the first five innings of the Twins and Giants. Cobb and Gray have both under two ERA, so I like it to be low scoring in the first five. I'll say something about Corey from Port Hope. Carried us through. We weren't reminding anyone. We, yeah. weren't, we were doing like two minutes at a time, but Corey from Port Hope was there every day. It's Port Hope blood for you. Parents live in Port Hope. There Love you that place. Um, one more. Morning, Ailish. Welcome back. Missed you. For today's Wake and Rake, I'll take the over in the Vegas-Dallas game. And Jules will take Bo Bichette over total bases. That's Ron and Jules. Miss them. Okay, so three picks. They were in the Dominican Republic. Oh. They had a nice little vacay. So we weren't even getting Ron and Jules They're using their Wake stuff. and Rake winnings. They were. They were. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll let you choose. Let's go with Corey from Port Hope. Yeah, over four and a half in the first five. Under, under, under oh, sorry, four and sorry, a half. Sorry, yes, first yes. five. Under four and a half runs in the first five of Twins Giants. Um, I will lock that in for you. And that will be, um, all right, so the under first five in Twins Giants, I said um, stars on the money line and the Mariners on the run line is plus 486 today. There we go. It's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. What was the weird one we had? Was it four 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 for some reason? Yeah, it was four 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 on May the fourth. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah that was did that cool. one hit? No, it didn't. Nah, it didn't. And then we tried on on Cinco de Mayo to do something different, and that also the five five that five, hit. and yeah, that didn't hit that either. It's been a tough month for the Wake and Rake. Yeah. Um, okay. Quick Fan X Cup. You can have your moment. I said eight fifty four. You go. Uh, yeah, listen, uh, Brent <laughs> Gunning's the golf guy comes on here, yeah, yeah, and yeah. he puts people in holes. So. If, 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 if you're going to take some time off, which we will both do during the summer, just be careful who's coming in here and making golf picks because uh, he left Brooks Kepka on the board for me, 20 to 1. I now have a $2,000 $2, to $1,000 lead in the Fanex Cup standings, and now the pressure is on you with the Charles Schwab Challenge. The Schwab, this baby. I'm a blockhead now, though, so might be maybe looking at the the block party for my Schwab bets. We got a day or two for that. He's right? on the list. We got to do it tomorrow. We got to do it tomorrow. Okay, I'll take a look at the Schwab. Um, all right, Blue Jays continue four game series against the Rays tonight at six thirty on Sportsnet One, Sportsnet Five Ninety, the Fan, and streaming on Sportsnet.ca slash Five Ninety and the Sportsnet app. That's Barrios and Bradley on the mound. We'll be back tomorrow morning to break it down. Go Jays.